Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Welcome to another episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. My name is Brad Gabrielson, and we're talking to Greg, Jennifer, and Judy um, Sigley Ahmet. And uh, how are you doing, guys? Good, good. Very well. Well, we're excited to be here today, and I, I'm really excited to have my friend Judy back uh, again today for a part two uh, of our you know, episode number two, part two of the Judy interview. Um, Judy Siegley Ahmet, uh, Minnesota native, currently living in, in Fargo, North Dakota. Just uh, somebody who has uh, lived a very exciting, interesting life. So I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the previous episode on number six. Judy is someone who became paralyzed at the age of 18 when she was in a car accident, uh, when the vehicle she was in was hit by a drunk driver. Uh, Judy never allowed her circumstances to dictate the success of her life um, through hard work, discipline, resilience, on faith, on, and faith. Uh, Judy courageously turned personal tragedy into professional success. Currently, she works as director of women's ministry at Hope Lutheran Church here in Fargo, and she has worked, uh, started some really interesting disability advocacy programs, um, and and we're going to talk about those today. So the first episode, uh, she talked about her life and becoming disabled, the living with a disability, uh, and, and now today we're going to focus more on some of the advocacy, advocacy things. Um, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. It's great to be, be back. Yeah, thanks, Judy, for coming back here again. It's uh, nice to have you. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. So we'll start out with your, your current role is Director of Women's Ministry at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo. And one of the, the programs that I believe you started is called the Open Arms Ministry that is kind of like a buddy program between, um, you know, children with disabilities and uh, quote unquote regular, you know, kids, but just, you know, kids without disabilities. Um, t- t- talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, it was probably about 20 years after my accident, when I had the opportunity to work at a camp for families affected by disability with the disability outreach of Johnny Erickson Tata. And Johnny uh, right. is, is a quadriplegic. Uh, um, she broke her neck in a diving accident when she was 17. She's about 10 years older than myself. And um, I uh, actually, when I was a sophomore at Concordia, she spoke. We had the chance to meet. Um, but it was about another 20 years, and I heard. Um, about her ministry for disability outreach and uh, these camps. And I, it was through my um, education that was part of, that the volunteers went through. I, I worked at um, one of her camps at the time and have continued to stay involved. But I learned about the challenges that families affected by disability face. And here I'd been in the chair 
you know, for years and I had no idea really, you, you know what your life is kind of from your, your, your own personal experiences, but I, um, I didn't realize the challenges that, that, that a lot of families face um, with raising with kids with special needs. A lot of times their families, parents can end in divorce. They're sometimes um, siblings can just have different reactions depending on what their siblings maybe needs are or whatever. But anyway, so I, and a lot of times the families are not getting to church because um, just the, the families are, the parents are exhausted. And, and um, so to, to have to advocate for the, their um, child's needs in one more system that doesn't understand, um, they're just, they just aren't doing it. And so, um, so I came back from this, from this family camp, I talked to our, our pastors at our church and I said, you know what, we've got to get a disability ministry going at Hope because we just didn't have a lot of kids with special needs. I truly felt that maybe that was something that that we could be doing. The the leadership of the church said, you know what? Yeah, let's. What do what do we need to do? And so anyway, we started. I, I just um, involved kind of some um, some healthcare professionals, some therapists, some families affected by disability that were here going, going at Hope, and just kind of assessed what you know what are the needs. And you start with the people that are that are here and some of the kids with special needs just with a buddy, somebody coming along and, and just being with them makes it possible for them to participate in the class. Um, oh, sure. And so that's kind of what the buddy is just somebody to, to be right alongside with them and help them if they need. And, and if, if they're walk out in the hall, because that's what they want to do, then, then they can do that. And the, the, the teacher is freed up from um, having to go out and be with that child. So, you know, in a, in a normal non-COVID year, you know, we maybe have 10 to 15 kids with special needs that have a buddy wow. um, that just makes it possible. Then the parents can participate in worship. The, the classroom gets the benefits of having that, um, that person at the table that's got their unique gifts and, and abilities to share. Well, it's definitely got to be a uh, more of a something that's kind of uh, outside the straight and narrow. I mean, kind of something you just made up almost, right? Or or was this a takeoff from what other uh, communities were doing? No. And so again, through um, um, Johnny's ministry or disability okay. outreach is called Johnny and Friends. And that's so they're, they are um, really big in helping equip churches to be inclusive of all people with special needs. How do we, and so setting up disability ministry programs and, and some churches really have their own um, uh, classrooms uh, or anyway, just just the whole gamut of, you know, how, how the body the body of Christ is less without the involvement of any one of us, and so um, we all need each other. We all need to to be a part. And how do we um, include people with disabilities not only in just the classroom, but also giving us opportunities to serve? So all all abilities are serving and um, can participate. Well, it probably. Uh brings out uh, maybe a lot of kids that have disabilities with families with the church that you really didn't even know that many existed. And, you know, until there was maybe a disability awareness in programs like this, where actually you start to maybe do see that there are more kids with special needs than you thought before, just because of the awareness is bringing them out. Um, Yeah. Rather than just being at home or. Yeah. I, you know, I hope that that these families hear that you know we want them there, and and again, just because 
raising a child with special needs can, can be exhausting. And a lot of times um, it might be just seem easier to not participate. We need them there, we want them there and need to find out how, how we can make that possible. Part of the outreach, um, you had Kate talked about Johnny Erickson. So she, uh, was it her who had started a kind of an international outreach program to, I guess, refurbish, reuse wheelchairs. And that's called Wheels for the World. And I, I remember kind of when I, early on, when I first met you, Judy, I remember hearing you talking about that and how, uh, and, and so how, how does that work? What, what is that program? How did it start? Where do the chairs go to? The yeah, yeah. So it's actually Wheels for the World is how I really got um, connected even with Johnny's uh, ministry when I traveled to Romania. And she has several aspects of her ministry and Wheels for the World. The family retreats are the family camps um, been a part of. So with Wheels for the World, used wheelchairs are collected at sites around the country with collection teams. The wheelchairs are uh, restored to like new condition in some prison sites around the country and then they're sent with teams around the world. And um, I actually heard uh, a girlfriend of mine heard about Johnny talking in the talking on the Christian radio about Wheels for the World. And um, this friend of mine um, was telling me about this program. Uh, this was 1990, 1999, no, 1998. And I thought, oh my word. And um, I thought if Johnny can be tra traveling the world as a quadriplegic, you know, maybe I, maybe I can too. And so I ended up, um, this girlfriend and I went to Romania uh, a few years later, went to um, um, Egypt and Jordan with Wheels for the World teams. But anyway, a, a group of us from our community set up, uh, started a, a chair core became chair core representatives. And so we had um, some wheelchair drives in our um, community as well. It's been probably 10 years, but that program, the ministry is still definitely going on. Um, I'm not involved with that anymore, um, but I know that if you've got a wheelchair to donate, that I, I'm sure that Wheels for the World would take them. Did people like make requests for the chairs through, through the program or? if they had a need or how does that, how do you distribute them? Yeah, you bet. So yes, yeah, so this is, so the, the, um, the headquarters for Johnny and Friends Ministry is in uh, Gore Hills, California. And so they, they have connections with countries around the world. And sometimes it is through the, the governments that they are oh, sure. allowed to bring the wheelchairs in. Um, sometimes it's churches and actually the, the ministry is set up so that with each wheelchair, a Bible is given. In Jordan and Egypt, they wouldn't let us give a Bible, um, but they, we could give Johnny's book, which has um, the gospel message in it. But many parts of the world, the you know wheelchairs are in demand, and, and so they're they're in need. They're just the cost of a wheelchair than than many people can can afford. Oh, so they're really really grateful. So Johnny's still alive, then, right? He is. I, yeah. met her, I met her one time. I met her one time in a couple of my travels. I met her one time when we had to do a round table together. So that's one. Wow. Very really? cool. Yeah, she is. She's a role model and mentor um, to my life. Very definitely. Just my connection. It was, as I was saying, I guess earlier, it was through my connection with 
Wheels for the World, which led into the family retreats that really uh, it has impacted my life. And yeah. you want to talk about another program, Jennifer? Uh, yeah. So there's a couple other things. So this is uh, really cool. Can I to hear about that? The next thing I want to talk about is a program called Rest and Rejuve. And I believe you started that, Judy. And so that's, it's a little, it's kind of a cool thing and not your typical outreach program. So what is that all about? Yeah, yeah. And this is a, um, a spa day for moms of kids with special needs. And actually, we had the 16th annual Rest and Rejuve as a virtual event last wow. fall. 16 years. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I, I started this as a part, kind of this public relations role that I had when I was working at the hospital. And and I just, again, learning in my own, from my own experience, the challenges that families affected by disability face. And so I thought, as I, I'd heard about some of these spa days, the different um, churches were doing with Johnny's ministry, you know, around the country. And I thought, oh, my word, let's, let's um, get something going in our area. So actually, again, several different churches, uh, people, some, some people from different churches, different uh, faith backgrounds, working together to make an event for moms. It's kind of this, we call it just kind of a spa day. It's free. Uh, we've got probably, probably oh, around 100 moms that come for this um, brunch, and we'll have, we'll bring in a speaker, and um, we'll have crafts and exercises and um, some educational different breakout sessions that they can participate in coffee and chocolate. And, and um, it's just a time for them to, um, to come together to realize they're not doing this alone, uh, just to kind of support, support their journeys. Cool. And so it's uh, an opportunity for, yeah, women who all have, you know, something in common. They all have a, a child with you know, special needs and various kinds of disabilities and they can, you learn that they're, you know, we have comfort in knowing they're not alone and maybe do some learning and from one another and mentorship from one another. It's a, it's a fun morning and I just get, our team gets just kind of some sponsors from the community to, to support this event so the, the moms don't have to, to um, pay anything and just can come and have their buckets filled a little bit. Oh, wonderful. And that's so wonderful that there's community sponsors willing to step up to donate so that you can put on that event at no cost because anyone knows that disabilities can be expensive. And so it's a great opportunity to get out of the house for half a day and not not have any financial obligation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing to those parents. So this final program that I want to talk about or event, uh, I believe it is called Night to Shine. And this is something also where it's a, a nationwide event that also happens in Fargo. So what what is that all about? Yeah, and actually, it's a, the international program of Night to Shine sponsored by the Tim Tebow Foundation. Wow. And this is an unforgettable prom experience on God's love for people with special needs. And so it is asked one of my favorite nights of the year. We um, roll out the red carpet, um, unforgettable prom experience for people with special needs. So we have, it was not, we did not hold it this last year, but the year prior, uh, I think we had about 160 kings and queens wow. um, that were, were decked out and they um, danced and did karaoke and 
add food and and fun and a few hundred volunteers help to to um, put on this event. So it's again just a, actually a region wide event that to put this this prom together. Judy, where was that held at? Yeah, we have used our South Campus, uh, the Hope Lutheran Church, with our South Campus. And although we've looked at some other event centers, just the cost of that, you know, having um, this event, you know, in another place, uh, really, we're just finding it, it really is for the for the size that we are right now, it's it's working well with the church because we've got a good good space, lots of different um, large rooms and. So it has been at our South Campus. So how many years has it been about happening here locally? It has been happening happening in Fargo for, for five years. Started Tebow started it um, six years ago or seven years ago now with, with COVID. We're a year behind. So they were going for one year before uh, church got connected. So a big, basically a big prom-like event where people with uh, special needs or different abilities can all get together for a night of music and all kinds of fun stuff, huh? Correct. And, and again, we have uh, volunteers that are um, just the, um, the hosts for the night. And, you know, a lot of time, a lot of times, especially older people with disabilities maybe didn't participate in proms. And I think today, maybe they there's more opportunities with schools. I don't know, but um, but this is um, just really beautiful night for them to get, you know, get decked out, and um, some come in limousines, or and just to be in uh, royal treatment, loved on, and um, we want them to know that they are special, and and um, everybody should feel that way. Um, so even though it's called a prom, it's not. There's no age limit, right? It's high school, or, or, or I mean, actually, um, we usually say um, 18 and older, probably. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah, so for adults. Okay. Well, that's Greg and I come in pretty easily then. <laughs> yeah, you didn't go to your prom, Brad. Maybe this is an opportunity. Oh, I went to my prom. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, I shouldn't have assumed that, I guess. You were kind of the man about town back then with... Uh... <laughs> I went to my prom. I had three dates that night. <laughs> Were you in your wheelchair at that time? Yeah. Okay. Because I know you still did. You, you did I, a fair amount of walking with crutches too, didn't you? Arm crutches? Yeah, yeah. But I had surgery, so I had to spend in my wheelchair. I, 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 did, I broke the bone playing basketball, so I had um, Sitting in the chair. Yep, that was fun though. Well, it sounds like a great event. 160 people. That's uh, that's a pretty large, uh, nice large party. And it's fun because we have the red carpet that the that the couples are introduced or the individuals introduced, and there's paparazzi and people taking pictures, and and so it just is, um, <laughs> you know, a wonderful. You know, experience wow. again to have the roar of a crowd is pretty pretty cool. So that's every year then that's gone on now since except for COVID then. Except for COVID, yeah, and we. It'll probably just, be a big year now coming up then with one year off. 
Yeah, and we do have to have, you know, the, the actually the the guest list. We open it up in December, and like within a week, about that, you know, that 160 is people is 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 full its capacity. <laughs> One week, wow. You know, not, not pretty closely. We have a waiting list because just with people with special needs, you know, sometimes there's health challenges. So some people that you know they get on the waiting list, but and yeah, so it's it's a an interesting thing, but we. Uh, we know we're just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We know there's a lot more people with special needs out there that would um, certainly benefit. And like Grafton and Ann Carlson School, I mean, so so group homes from outside the region too, you know, hear about this event and they get their people signed up. And So do people do come then from out of town to this event then? Absolutely, yeah. From all over the place, within reason, huh? Within the region, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to know that there's uh, fun events like that that are happening in our it's uh, it started you know started by uh, you know former football player was team Tebow the quarterback and it just kind of grew and not not just regionally but nationally internationally and it it's really neat that these events are embraced and taking place all over the world it is and it's all on the same night it's like the Friday before Valentine's weekend or Friday of Valentine's weekend, many countries around the world participate now. So it, it's a pretty cool Oh, wow. Event. And I just have one, maybe one final question that can kind of apply to all of these events that we had talked to, but with, with the, the advocacy work that you have done and with events such as Night to Shine, Wheels for the World, Rest and Rejuve, over the last, you know, few years and over, you know, last decades, how have you seen the relationships between, you know, disabled and non-disabled people evolve and change? Oh, um, wow. I, I, you know, I know I have um, a passion to, because of my own experiences in, in living with a disability. Um, I've met wonderful people, able-bodied and disabled. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody has disabilities of different sorts. Right. And so it's getting to know people and their story and every life has worth and value. And, you know, I hope in some small way I can um, be a part to be bringing opportunities to be connecting all people and I, just to, um, to work together to, yeah, create a relationship and, and yeah, it's a joy to, to get to play together, to work together. And so, you know, when I um, ask for volunteers, whether it's for the open arms ministry at church, you know, when there's a request that comes in for a need or whether it's night to shine and we've got to have hundreds of volunteers, it's like, you know, part of me is like, oh no, you know, how- How are you going to do it? How are we going to do it? But you know what? I I believe we have a God that, that knows our- um, a God of abundance, and um, he wants us to be doing this work, and good things happen when we work together. So It just, just helps come together, yeah. It's just amazing okay. with all the participation needed, because it's a whole bunch of people to take this stuff run. So, Brad, you kind of have the same uh, saying or the same motto about, you know, everybody's uh, everybody's got something, some kind of challenge, no matter if you see it or if you don't, and that not mm-hmm. that what you say? We all... We all bleed red, and we all were yep, created we all, from the same God. Right, we all, we all, we all, we all have a disability. Some of us with glasses, some of us have a learning disability that you can't see, and uh, 
we all bleed red and we all we're all made in God's image. So, oh. um, so yeah. Um, I honestly believe that. I believe that uh, you know God put us here for a reason, and that's you know sometimes we takes us a while to find that out, but uh, <laughs> figure it out. So. so happy that we're, you know, talking about this stuff. And it's just great that, you know, people are people and the, the more programs there are for uh, people with disabilities and cooperative programs, the better things we'll get. So thank you. Thank you, you guys, for being here today. I have one more question, Judy. Um, do you think do you think uh, education is a big part of uh, teaching the younger generation about the disabled? Absolutely. You know, um, education about what you know that there are opportunities and and uh, abilities and you know acceptance. So I think that that education is part. We all we all can learn about each other, and that helps us to understand each other and each other's stories. Like I say, would say yes. Yep, just just educating people, right, Bradley, as far as yeah, that's what, that's what trying to get them when they're younger so they before they have all these preconceived notions about disabled people. Yes, because the older that you uh, are, I mean, it seems like it's hard to get over that um, um, barrier. I mean, when you're younger, I mean, it's a little easier because, you know, but um, when they get a little older and it's a little tougher, yeah, unless it happens to their family, then then it's, you know, then they go, oh, now I know what they're talking about. Well, when they're younger, they're willing to ask honest questions and they're willing to, they want to learn. They want to learn why you look that way and what happened to you and you know, to, t- you know, tell them that, look, we're people, we're just regular people. We probably act different or look different or, and uh, to get that mindset going and to keep passing it on and on and on. So. Yeah. That's, that's I, when I, when I do some public speaking, when I went to Tennessee and a few other places, I, I saw people, you know, little kids are very honest and I love them for that because they'll ask you know, questions that might embarrass your parents, but they're the most honest questions you ever thought of. And after, you know, and then uh, sometimes the parents get a little bit embarrassed and then they take it on in their child and blow them on a little bit. Tell the parents, don't worry about it. That was a very good question. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you have to educate the parents too. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard part. <laughs> so, but well, thanks a lot for another great podcast, Judy. And uh, you know, yeah, it was fantastic. You're a busy, 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 very busy individual. Yep. Well, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to to um, give give back. I've been given a lot. Great to be here with you guys. Finally get to finally meet you. I've seen you a few times, but I never really got to talk to you. So, well, sooner fun. or later, there's going to be uh, there's got to be an opportunity in Fargo at some point uh, 
you know, where there'll be some kind of engagement or event where we'll all three be able to meet up again. Jet, Brad, you can make a trip to Fargo. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll come. Yep. So, but, uh, all right, Bradley, if you don't have anything else, Jen, then. Thank you, Jen, for being here today, too. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living with the Disability No Big Deal podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleram, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.